0: Hello everyone, my name is Aweda Wanoman, and this is my channel, It Pays to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, his beloved Son Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, They're the three most important subjects that we can ever learn, talk, or discuss about in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. Today we're going to be learning about the last day. What is it exactly? It's a significant part of Christian history. And today I'm going to be inviting my brother once again just so that we can get a little more information, broaden our understanding a little bit about that topic. However, before we get into that, I once again have a tune that some of us might be familiar with. Subject that we're learning about today is capturing the last day, and I will be inviting our brother or my brother to talk a little more about it.
1: The last day is the most important period in all of God's creation because it is the time in which God has chosen to set up and fully establish his kingdom. Therefore, as Christians, it is important that we know what the last day is, when it is or was or will be. And what it means to us. First, though, it is important for us to realize that the last day is not a period of 24 hours, as shown by Psalms chapter 90, verse 4, and as shown by 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, which reads But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The thousand years here isn't literal, of course, because we just don't understand God's time, but rather it is a uh, it is an example to show that God's time is different from our time in that His time is a lot longer than our time, as He lives from everlasting to everlasting, according to Psalms chapter ninety verse two. What is a very long time for us? Is a very short time to God. So therefore, our times are different, and that means we can't tell when God is going to do anything. According to Mark chapter 13, verses 31 and 32, which read Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. This means that we can't know when the last day will end or when or how long it will be. However, we do know when it will begin. And that's because some Bible writers have given us clues as to when the start date of the last day will be or when it has been. For example, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 reads But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased." Therefore, what kind of time would knowledge be increasing or people would be running to and fro? Certainly not Daniel's time or centuries after that, because back then, people didn't really move around much. The fastest, mode of transport was a donkey, and it could only take you so far, so fast. And as for knowledge, most people didn't even know what what was outside their neighbors. The Israelites didn't know that countries s- such as China or India existed, and there was little they knew about space or even the kinds of animals that lived in their territory. So. We have to skip hundreds of years, skip Jesus' time, skip even the, the Middle Ages, because they were all stuck in that same period of limited knowledge and limited travel. So, this takes us into the 18th century, the Industrial Revolution. People started finding better ways to move. Bicycles, cars, trains, that allowed people to go faster and faster. Then the airplane was invented so we can travel the world in less than a day today. Again, people running to and fro, millions of people are taking airplanes and flying all over the world fast. And as for knowledge, we've sent rockets into space and satellites into space that can tell us what's in space and what makes up those objects that are in space. We know about what makes animals work, and what makes atoms work. Th- atoms were things that you you could even describe to someone in Daniel's time, but now we know about them and about all kinds of physics and chemistry and biology. So clearly, it is this time that we're living in that was mentioned in Daniel chapter 12 verse 4. Also, we can look at Matthew chapter 24, because in verses three to eight, we have even more clues as to when the last day will be or has been. Jesus said, or the disciples of Jesus said, in verse three, that when are the last days going to come? When are you going to come to this earth? When is your second coming? And Jesus answered them by telling them about the kinds of things that would be coming in the last day the last day or the last days, it's your choice, the latter day even, all meaning the same thing, the period that we are now in, as I will further explain. In verse 4 and 5, Jesus said that there would be many prophets coming in teaching lies, and of course, what better time for prophets teaching lies than now? There are millions of churches now as opposed to before when there was zero in Jesus's time it was just the disciples preaching it wasn't really a church but now there are millions of denominations fully like tight knit groups all most of them preaching lies because of course if a million people are saying different things then they can't be saying one thing and the bible is one thing so most of them are teaching lies and as true Christians, we have to know where to go to. If we want to go to a church, we don't have to. But if we want to go to a church, we should know where to go because, because false leaders are teaching lies and deceiving people, according to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 16, which reads, The this leaders the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. However It's not just false prophets that are misleading people. It is also organizations like the the UN, which are leading a lot of Christians even to think that Christ shouldn't be listened to, but rather the UN should be listened to. Not just the UN, organizations like it, but the UN is the biggest example because of their promotion of science as opposed to religion. Science to replace religion instead of to live alongside it and to live under religion. They are convincing people to worship them according to Revelation chapter 13, verse 14, and it is working according to Revelation chapter 13, verse 4. People are saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who can defeat him? The beast is those organizations I was talking about before. People are like, They can't be beaten even though they couldn't stop conflicts like the Korean War or the Vietnam War, or even several conflicts that are happening in the Middle East. They are powerless in trying to, def- to stop those wars, but people still believe that they can create world peace. Those wars, however, are something that Jesus is going to mention in verses 6 and 7. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, Wars, rumors of wars. There have always been wars in human history, of course, ever since the war that Abraham was a part of in Genesis chapter 14. But the wars of today ha- are just more deadly. The Korean War and the Vietnam War were unique because other countries that shouldn't be a part of those wars were fighting and they were destroying even more things, and countries were ripped apart, especially in Korea's case. There are also still ongoing wars, like the Syrian war. That's been going on for years. No one can stop it. Several other conflicts all over the world. These conflicts are more deadly than ever because, of course, more people, more houses, more destruction. It's just terrible. And I haven't even talked about World Wars 1 and 2. Tens of millions of people died because of a few stupid decisions by world leaders. But there's still more. There are also famines and pestilences and earthquakes. And of course, there were still those kinds of things. Like, for example, there was a famine in Joseph's time in Genesis chapters. 41 to 50. Everyone had to go to Egypt for food because they were the only ones who had food left. But these, but the famines that are in today, today's age, are worse, and the earthquakes are worse, and the pestilences are worse because they affect more people. For example, earthquakes, back in Abraham's time, would strike would, could probably strike all the time, but then there would be areas that would be uninhabited, and they'd just strike there and cause no damage. Humanity wasn't that spread out, so chances w- were, if an earthquake happened in Japan, there would be no people for it to affect. For now, people are everywhere. More people are living in areas that are earthquake-prone, which means more people can be destroyed by said earthquakes. Same with famines. More people can be affected by a famine because more people are supported by farmers. And if those farmers cannot produce food, the economy drops, people lose money, and all sorts of bad things happen. And as for pestilences? Well, there's the Spanish Flu. That killed tens of millions of people right after! World War I had already killed tens of millions of people. And, of course, diseases are more rampant now because, again, I've said it again, and I will say it now, more people. There are more people who can get infected. There are more people that diseases can spread to. So, this looks kind of sad, right? But that's not all because verse 8 says all these will be the the beginning of sorrows. We're not even done suffering. Uh, the, The next decades, the next centuries, are going to be even worse. But there is still hope, because as verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Everyone on this planet will have a chance to hear the Word of God and they will be able to convert to Christianity, the true kind of Christianity, and become worshippers of God and escape all the troubles that are in this world, because even if you die, you'll still be safe. However, uh, there were some happy times, but now I have to go back to the sad part. And that is for Christians now, not just everybody, but there are but Christians will suffer a little bit more, not physically, but rather spiritually. St. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, listed many things that people would be in the last days. They would be unthankful, unholy, disobedient to parents. They would be all kinds of things, all kinds of bad things because the world is now accepting that kind of behavior. Children aren't really pressured to obey their parents anymore. People don't really find the time to respect the elderly or to respect the laws of God. People are becoming more immoral, and as a result, it is harder for Christians to find people who can support them in their faith. And of course, that's a problem because when temptations arise, there's no one to help you. People will only push you in that direction, saying, uh, what are you doing in Christianity? Like, can just come with us. Being an atheist is cool. You'll start to see messages like that, and then it will be harder and harder for you to stick with the faith. But you but you have to. Even though Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, that there would be tribulation, we still have to get through it and Like I said before, there is still hope. For example, in verses 15 and 16, Jesus said, When ye, therefore, shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. The mountains are not physical. They are spiritually representing faith, our faith in God. Our faith can hide us from all the temptations that we that we will be suffering as a result of living in the last days they will keep us safe our faith will keep us safe now all this is spirit all this is physical stuff all the things about the earth the world becoming worse off both physically and spiritually but that is the earth that is humanity and what is going to be happening to it because God is also doing some things. God is also using the Last Day to promote His mission, to further His mission along. For example, God is using the Last Day to judge the world, according to Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, which mention a person who is going to help Him do that, and that person is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is judging the world, but through his word, according to John chapter 12, verse 48. His word will judge people because if someone doesn't believe in Jesus, then they aren't going to be saved. People have to believe in Jesus to be saved, according to John chapter 3, verse 16, which reads For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, Should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, God is judging, Jesus is judging, but this hierarchy of judging does not end because the saints are also judging the world. According to Luke chapter 22, verses 28 to 30, which reads, Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed unto me. That ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel." God, Jesus, and the saints will all be judging this world and making sure that things go according to plan. And how will they be doing that? Simple. They will be gathering the world through globalization. The internet has allowed communities of Christians, whether fake Christians or true Christians, to pop up. Everyone's being gathered. The wicked are being gathered through the UN. Everyone is being gathered so that God can then separate them, like a shepherd would separate his sheep and goats, according to Matthew chapter 25, verses 32 and 33. So, obviously, we want to be on the sheep side. The sheep are on his right hand. They'll be protected by God. That's what it means. So, We want to be with the sheep. That's especially important because I still haven't talked about the sentence. Every judge pronounces a sentence on whatever case they are adjudicating on, and God's sentence and reward are mentioned in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, which read: Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation the righteous will be resurrected and they will get to live on the earth because the meek will inherit the earth according to Matthew chapter 5 verse 5 and according to Psalms chapter 37 verse 11 they will all live on earth the righteous while the wicked will be resurrected and then they will go down to the grave hell the grave whatever you want to call it, they will die, and then they, they will not contaminate the new world that God is creating. What's interesting about this, though, is that while the righteous and the wicked will be resurrecting to receive their judgment and their like reward and punishment, the saints will also be resurrected, but in a different way. The saints in the last day are being resurrected according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. They, however, are going to Heaven, and they, their bodies need to be changed because physical people cannot enter a spiritual realm, according to verse 50 of that same chapter. So the saints will go to Heaven, and they will be changed so they can be spiritual, like God and Jesus. Finally, though, it is important that we talk about the battle that is taking place between God and Satan. You can compare it, really, with the Cold War. God is the USA, if you want to look at it through America's side, and Satan is the USSR. They're enemies. So. God is essentially saying, I'm not going to fight Satan directly. I'm going to use proxies, just like the USA and the USSR uh, fought in the Korean War and the Vietnam War. They are Their entities are working on Earth to influence uh, earthly decisions. So that's the war that's happening. It's a heavenly Cold War. What's interesting about that, though, is that while the real cold war really just ended in a stalemate the heavenly cold war can only have one victor God almighty according to Zephaniah chapter 1 verses 14 to 18 the wicked are just going to be punished they're going to suffer according to Revelation chapter 12 verse 7 which describes a war between Michael God's forces and the dragon Satan's forces Satan's forces are going to lose. They're going to be cast out of the universe. Everything that God is working on, they will just be destroyed. But this war isn't just about fighting. It isn't just about God destroying his enemies. It's also about creating a world that all remaining humanity will be a part of according to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, which reads, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. Every surviving person, once the wicked are all destroyed, every person will be a part of this kingdom purpose. And once God has eliminated the wicked and created a perfect world for the righteous people a new world a new earth according to Isaiah chapter 65 verse 17 it will be a world with no suffering no death and no sorrow according to revelation chapter 21 verse 4 in conclusion the last day is a very significant and yet very dangerous time so it is important that we know how to get through it Luckily, we have verses like Mark chapter thirteen verses thirty-three and Second Peter chapter four verse seven to guide us, because they show us that all we need to do to get through this is to watch and pray, stay faithful, and to watch out for temptations. And that is the end of my talk on the last day. Thank you for listening.
0: So, that, my viewers, is simply what the last day is. But, I must once again emphasize, the physical representation of the war between God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom is not up to 10% of what's actually happening in heaven, which is why we should not be looking at the physical side, the wars, the pestilences, nation rising against nation but rather, how we can do the spiritual battle, fight that spiritual battle, and win it, because that's what matters. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but rather mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds." Then it went on to say about casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, from verses 3-6. to It is very important that we are looking for the best part of these last days, not anything else that's just physical, but the spiritual part of it, because that is where blessings come from. And to conclude this episode, I once again have a tune that some of us might be familiar with. I hope you enjoyed this video, hope you learned something most importantly, because this is the last day. It's the period that will end. It's not before, it's not after, it's right now. And therefore, we have to make the right decisions so that now can lead to a great future. Thank you.
1: Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor slash it pays to fear God. Slash, message, once again, that's https: colon double slash anchor dot fm slash. It pays to fear God. Slash, message, hope to hear your wonderful feedback.